0: You've tuned in to Irish Illustrated Insider. It is Monday, September 13th. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. We are reviewing the Notre Dame's 32-29 victory over Toledo over the weekend. Notre Dame needed a uh, three-play, 75-yard, 26-second drive down the stretch in order to beat Toledo. We knew Toledo was good. Notre Dame made them look a little bit better. <laughs> um, but, hey, Notre Dame is 2-0 and right now. They've got a lot of problems to solve. Batello, Jordan Matello will be back for Notre Dame this week. Brian Kelly announced uh, at noon today. Questionable, Michael Carmony at guard. Out will be, Prince Kelly and Sibo Flemister will be out once again this weekend. Guys, Notre Dame-Toledo, it's not supposed to be that close. I think that's a really well-coached Toledo football team with a veteran, veteran group of players that are pretty talented. But, uh, you know, just like the Florida State game, I thought Notre Dame had opportunities to uh, to make a mark and pull away, and the defense gives up a long run, and suddenly you have another three-point football game.
1: I, it, to me, the most alarming part was just it's a, it's a Mac defensive front, um, and I realize they have some good players there, but you should be able to move the ball on the ground better than what Notre Dame did. You know, shouldn't get stuffed on fourth and one. Chris Tyree shouldn't have a seven-carry, 12-yard game. Um, And I think we know how good Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree are, right? I mean, rush efficiency is something that I've been tracking forever. Kyron Williams right now for the season is 38%, a little more than 38% efficient in terms of his carries. And that would would be the worst efficiency rushing mark by a Notre Dame first or second back in Brian Kelly's 12 years or 11 years. So that's, um, there's just a lot. A lot to get on track there, um, but you know the ground game in particular. That's where you start and be like, "All right, they got to get this fixed." And follow up, can they get this fixed? And I'm not, I'm not really sure right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh,
2: I would, I don't would not wager they would get it fixed because it's offensive linemen and tight ends. I think are the issue, not the not the lack of weapons or lack of running running backs. Right? It, it's and I, and it's probably the lack of threat from Jack Cohn, but you know, you can, other teams don't have a running quarterback in the world, right? There are, there, there are ways around it. Um When you're at your third string tackle, and I don't really know how much better your second string tackle is than your third string tackle. I think Carmody's better than Tosh Baker. He beat him out over the last eight months in the spring and the summer and August camp and during the season, but it doesn't mean that that's fixing things. I think there's problems on the right <laughs> side. I know we grade on a curve with Josh Lugg cause he's a fifth year senior. And we none of us considered K. Madden an all-American, but we're grading on a curve there. They they have to be better on that side too. It's not it's not just the left tackle that has a problem. Uh, there's there are there's a systemic issue in the running game, I think. Um, and Tyler Buckner can only help it so much.
0: Yeah, and I didn't think. Whereas Tim, you and I thought that Zeke Corral played pretty well against Florida State. I didn't come away feeling the same way this time around, even though Notre Dame's, you know rushing numbers said a little bit more. So I think we're all in agreement that defensively is the area where Nord can show the most improvement. And that's because of a stat that was unearthed this weekend. And that is that a, two opponents have run 137 plays against Nordaim defense. 133 of them have been uh, for 3.8 yards per attempt. The other four have been 282 yards, <laughs> 70 yards, 70 yards per attempt. <laughs> And as we say, those count too. But when yeah, when yeah. when ninety what is ninety seven point one percent of the 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 plays are by and large pretty decent, and two point nine are not. Uh, that's a, that's an area of concern. But there are some good things happening there. Ten sacks, and there's some good things happening offensively, certainly. Sure. And of, and of course, it, it goes back to the offensive line because your quarterbacks are playing well. You've got some receivers emerging. You have an all star tight end and you know you have good running backs so what else could it possibly be but the (laughs) offensive line but
2: you you really broken it down at this point yeah Yeah, I mean you know but
0: defensively 10 sacks in two games that's a pace of 60 during the regular season 19 tackles for loss the big plays have hurt but of the 28 series run against them 13 of them there has not been a first down now you have some other issues third they're not doing well on third down uh, the fourth quarter scoring is particularly alarming. They've given up 67 points and 31 of them have come, you know, in the fourth quarter. So um, I guess, you know, but when you look at that defense, they're doing a lot of, really a lot of good things. You can't accept the bus. And, and, and we, we have a question about those. I want to talk about those more in, in segment two, but I, I think there's some promise there. You know, it's really, it, It's really hard to believe based upon the perception of Marcus Freeman after game two, that Nordham did not give up their first offensive touchdown Saturday until 52 minutes and 12 seconds into the game.
2: Yeah. um, The red zone, Jason Anabiola in the red zone saved. uh, I guess he didn't save, he made plays, but he saved some points uh, in the first quarter. It's a, Tim, you, you you said the defense should get better. I I would be absolutely shocked if the defense does not continually, not continuously, but continually get better over the next ten games. And I would be almost as surprised if the offensive line does. That I so that seriously, I don't I don't see how the offensive line gets better.
0: No, because the this offensive... way
2: they're going to get a little better, but I mean better enough to keep winning games. Their you know, percentage
0: of, of their percentage of positive snaps is is way down so the, it all the, the comes correction. from
2: yeah it all comes from dudes right we've talked about this it is not oh look at that. that that's look at that functioning look at the pulling guard look at the tackle look at the trap this is perfect and this has nothing to do with Reese this is with the offensive line it is Reese finding a way to get dudes the ball and that's why Notre Dame is scoring touchdowns it is Kevin Austin's better than that guy Michael Mayer is better than that guy Kyron Williams just took a screen pass on a great call on third and sixteen but still had to break five tackles (laughs) to get there. You know, it's, I think Tommy Reese, the people that are ripping on Reese do not understand a single thing about trying to call a football game. And I say that as a (laughs) non-coach, all right, you can't do any of this. Now go call a game. And yet still they're scoring. There's
0: probably 35 to 40%. I'm just guessing 35, 40% of his playbook that's eliminated based upon the way the offensive line is is functioning. I I, think, I think he's play calling his butt off. I, I mean I don't know I don't know how it can be interpreted any other way with the, the state of the offensive line. Pete, I mean,
1: it goes it goes no, this goes back to something we said after Florida State, like when people were complaining about Notre Dame taking their foot off the gas in the in the fourth quarter or you know the offense bogging down. Like well, when you give up sacks on third down, like that's not that's not indicative of an offense not trying to score. That's an inability to prevent pressure on your quarterback so it's hard to it's hard to run great offense with um, an offensive line that's not functioning I, I totally agree with both of what you're saying like I thought Zeke Corral played well at Florida State didn't feel that way yesterday I'm not sure I felt that K Madden and played well in either game um, so I mean their guard play right now is has been poor and
2: I think uh, you think about this on first down like Last year, they had the threat of a pass on first down, and they would probably get five yards on a run this year, you have to be a passing team on first down. You have to be a passing team on first down because otherwise you're facing second and nine and second and eight the entire time. They are just not they are just not moving people off the ball. they're not executing. I, I know they'll get better in terms of execution and coalescing as an offensive line, but I don't think I don't think there's a there's a there's a leap that can be made there, whereas statistically at least, I will be stunned if we hear this from Notre Dame again on the fourth. This is what Notre Dame has given up in the fourth quarter defensively, kind of speaking to what Tim said, that other than this, they're doing well, at all counts. A 67-yard rush, a third and eight touchdown pass, a 15-yard pass on third and 11, an eight-yard touchdown run on third and eight, and a 26-yard touchdown run on third and one. All of those things – were seismically bad for Notre Dame in two games. And I just, it, it's surprising to me. I really thought the third down defense would be better, but these are all fourth quarter things. You gotta, you gotta assume he's going to get it under control.
0: And, and we've had questions. I didn't include any of them because I'm going to shoot it down right now. The notion of changing, changing personnel on the offensive line. We we've talked, we've talked for nine months about the need for chemistry and cohesion and, so you're going to start running in players that haven't proven themselves on the practice field. It doesn't work that way. You can't put Patterson at left tackle. He hasn't yep. taken a snap there in three years. You,
2: you, I do wonder, though, if Kelly, like if Cade Madden's going to be taking 81 snaps, Brian Kelly kind of made a point. Well, like, can, would, can we rotate one guard in so those guys don't take no, 81 I, snaps?
0: I, I would agree. And, and he said they're playing their best offensive lineman, and I believe yep. that to be true, but I'm not sure that Cade Madden, is safe within that best offensive lineman, you know, grouping. So, but, but I mean, do they really want to, do they really want to put Andrew Kristofik in there now? And it hasn't, who hasn't had any live snaps or anything really meaningful at this point. I don't know that they don't think that that's what gets it done. I think you have to pretty much stick with what you have. You know, you're not sure what you have a left tackle right now. I, now I, I, one of the things I suggested was maybe you flip-flop, uh, put Lug at left tackle. Although, again, he hasn't he has taken his own problems. This, he has that, a, yeah. Right, I know. And he's got his own problems playing stiff as a board, you know, on the right side at times, too. So, uh, look, this is um, – I hate to start sentences with look. This is a <laughs> – I
2: do it, too. Don't worry. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, this is a – this is – all right, I'll use one of my other phrases <laughs> – this is competitive athletics, man, and there is no shortcut to success. There is not a shortcut to success. You've just got to you got to keep working at it. And I know that you know, it's it's coach speak, Brian Kelly saying that, you know, they got to have better practice habits during the week and their preparation has to be better during the week. But that's reality. That that is reality of football when you have so many moving pieces. We're going to come back with segment 2 burning up the boards in a minute.
2: Let Irish Express take care of your game day travel. Ride in style to South Bend from Chicago by motorcoach with a full bartender, bathroom, and Wi-Fi. Upon arrival, enjoy an all-inclusive tailgate and after the game head back with refreshments. Visit irishexpress.com to book your reservation today and save 10% when using the code irish21.
0: Burning up the board segment two and I'm going to continue from segment one the offensive line talk before we get into questions because Rocco Spindler is the one guy that I think that they should get some reps for if they want to go into their, further into their bench. Right. Just wanted to throw that in. Uh, first question from UND lax 2010, who makes a call on which plays cone Butner participate in? Is it real time from Reese and, uh from Reese and Kelly stands back or does Kelly tell Reese to work in Butner? I asked that you asked this. Yeah, yeah I did. I did ask Brian Kelly, this question, go uh, this question. Go ahead, Tim
2: it seemed to be just that there's a consensus involved. And if Brian Kelly said, Hey, I want Jack here. And Reese was like completely against it. No, what I want to run on this series is Tyler. Right. Then Kelly would give in to that. But other than that, it's kind of, they they have the plan. Uh, they talk about it and they they generally agree. And I could see them this. There's really only one time where in that game you'd be like, you got to if 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 Reese were to say I want Tyler on this last drive with a minute left, I think Kelly would have said no. We
1: yeah, got to throw his.
0: But you off. know, yeah. I mean, I thought they inserted Butner for the first well. time at the right time. I thought they balanced them. I'm not sure that it always it comes out so so balanced and agreeable over the right. course of a season. But I thought, I mean, I thought Kelly and Reese handled that really really well. I I wasn't aware during the game. That uh, you know they had told the NBC crew that they were looking to play Buckner in this game anyway. So um, you could so that right there tells you they knew they were going to struggle with the running game going in with the, the game plan.
1: I mean, don't you think some of that was it's Toledo though? Like mm-hmm. if you're going to bring in Buckner, like let's do it against the MAC team at yeah, home. Yeah, per- like. <laughs> To me, like, we're going to play Buckner. One, it was indicative of he's ready to play. But two, we're going against opponent where we think. Like, And I think you wrote this, Tim. Tim, It was like, you know, you can play two quarterbacks because you want to or because you have to. And I think Notre Dame was in camp one when the game started. And then they quickly moved to camp two. Right, right.
2: And and I think that uh, they went into camp two when they realize, especially after Jack Cohen had the interception, they're probably like, uh, yeah, we could use some other ways of moving the yeah. ball right now. Not, not that you're going to bench him completely, but it. Tim, you said to me right away when Tyler Buckner went down and scored, well now what do you do?
0: Yeah. Like, oh, I, mean, they better,
2: you I don't start, know. You
0: got to play a little and, more. And actually uh, Samson and I were standing by the goalpost at the end of the game. When, when, uh, when Toledo took the lead and, and, um, you know, they, they, you had to make a decision which quarterback you were going to use. And Pete asked me, and I said, My first thought was you can't Cone can't get sacked. And he's too susceptible to it right now because of the offensive line and his immobility. But obviously that was the right choice because you got to have somebody that can throw the ball downfield. They had time, they had time and one timeout left, I think at that point. But uh You didn't you know, think I,
2: they run out of time when they started the drive, I don't think that was right, kind of right, right,
0: right. And yep. and they did, you know. I think we said this in incident analysis after the game, Tim. They did protect him when they had to, yep. not enough to prevent a dislocated finger, but but they still protected him.
2: Yeah, you tell Jack Coney was protected when he had to be right. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie Davis is Marcus Freeman in over his head. If not, how much of his success is dependent on getting quote his guys into the system?
0: I I I bristle it in over his head because I think it's just way too early to make a determination like that, especially when all the, in segment one, all the, all the positive things that have happened defensively. I, you know, I, you, I know you can't eliminate four, four big plays, uh, but <laughs> the four big plays, did you see the stat uh, from Sunday that um, Clark Lee? Yeah. Clark yeah, Lee in 38, in 38 games gave up four plays of 60 yards or more. It took Marcus Freeman two to equal that, but and again, I'm it.
2: No, it was, I, I believe Clark I, Lee was I only think it's three four, to four. I think it's four to four, but you might be Either way, Freeman's got it. I
0: looked it up on Sunday, but I, I, I looked at each of the three years. But because I don't think they, they didn't have any in 2019.
1: Yeah, I thought it was 2 0 um,
0: Maybe, maybe, okay, maybe surpassed at. it. Either way, not a, not a. What
1: uh, was Najee Har- <laughs> Harris's I, Alabama play?
2: That was mm. a long play. I guess, I guess if you're having a 59 yard touchdown by Cornell Powell is the same as a, you know, 60 yard play, right. but it's yeah. still, it's still amazing. Cause there's some 50 yards coming too this year.
0: I don't, I mean, I don't think he's in over his head. I don't necessarily having watched the TV version of it. I'm not necessarily sure that I like the, the look that I see on his face, um, just reading body language and stuff like that. But look, they're doing a lot of good things. They're putting a lot of pressure on a quarterback with the, with the D line alone. And then they're mixing in some great stuff with the linebackers. Bertrand's playing great. Um, you know, Pryor is—they're they're getting a lot of production out of Pryor, at least when they employ him in certain situations. I—I I, I just hesitate to say that. I—and I, I'll go back to what I wrote and said. They Cincinnati was 93rd in the country in total defense and 95th in scoring defense in his first year, and then they became a top eight. It's a transition. In style, it's a transition in style offensively, and it's a transition in style defensively.
1: That was, but I mean, we're talking about a transition from Tommy Tuberville to Luke Fickle. At the, I
0: mean, Cincinnati was no. Bad. I'm talking about Nord I'm talking about Notre Dame right now.
1: Yeah, no. i just like the the whole like they started slowly at Cincinnati. Like that can't apply here because like Notre Dame was good last year. Like, yeah,
0: no, it's he, no, he, you know they're taking. not
1: re, the the replacement. There is is somebody who was awesome who's now a head uh, head coach in the sec so it's man that's that's tricky i don't um i I definitely with you like been over his head is like way that's ridiculous it's just Um, premature it's
0: just premature to say does
1: he have a lot more to get sorted out than he thought yeah because i think brian kelly even admitted that for the game and like you know We've all been in a million Brian Kelly press conferences. How often does he admit that he's surprised by something in a bad way? Yeah, right. Almost never. Yeah, uh, and so there's been a, a couple way. things that have surprised him.
0: And I think if you look, uh, you know, going through tail of tape, I mean, I think if you look at the defense, I mean, you can point to a lot of guys playing really quality football. So yes,
2: you can. I, I don't you agree that like the biggest surprise this season is that the defense has not been better. That's the biggest yes. surprise. The offensive line we thought would be better than this, but right. we didn't think they'd be good. I you didn't think they'd be good, the offensive line. They'd I mean, don't you
0: think don't you think the two corners, the two starting corners are are, are playing well?
2: I'm shocked by this point, Total, that it's not the two starting corners in this and Houston Griffith, right?
0: Well, Griffith got beat against he, Florida he, State, he, but
2: he did, but I mean Houston Griffith's been fine. He's fine. He's not, not not better than Sean Crawford even last year, but he's there. He's How's this? I I had a low opinion of Houston Griffith, so it's not, it's just really not surprising. Well, I me did think,
0: I did yeah. on, the, on the 67 yard pass, he's got to read, he's playing center field.
2: Yeah, yeah he's yeah. got to be, no, he gotta he be able to
0: read that. Like I said, if you're going to play center field, you got to read the ball off the bat.
2: I guess he's not part of the surprise for me. I did not think he would have a good year. I thought that they would be so dominant up front that you would not have 67 yard runs mixed in or 66 yard yeah, runs mixed I, in, and 89 yard runs yeah.
1: mixed in. Yeah, I mean, Foskey's
0: pain. playing well. The Adamiolas are playing well. Uh, Heinish, I thought, had a very impactful game against Toledo. And I, you know, I picked a twenty-three point win against the Toledo. So, you know, there you go. But I think Toledo's pretty damn good. I really do. I think they have a lot of good players. I thought, uh, of course, I thought Florida State was pretty good too, coming out of the first game. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I. But that was that still stands because they only gave up. Seventeen points, I guess, uh, in their loss over the weekend. But uh, I, you know, I just, who, who is that to? <laughs> that would be Jacksonville State. Okay. Is it? Is there a Jacksonville University and a Jacksonville State? Because there, when uh, I was growing up, and artist Gilmore played for Jacksonville? Yeah, was Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Well, is it the same school or are they different schools? We
2: should ask a Florida, Florida State fan. They might have Yeah, regardless.
0: It. Uh, if you yeah. if you combine Jacksonville and Jacksonville State, they shouldn't beat Florida State. No,
1: they J- not. Jackson, Jacksonville State is actually in Alabama.
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: It's in Jacksonville, Alabama. I was also really disappointed when I realized that Deion Sanders does not coach Jacksonville State. He coaches Jackson State.
0: Jackson yes,
1: because Jackson
2: State, my friend in Atlanta went to Jackson State, and they call it JSU, just sign up.
0: Uh, okay. So where so where where's Mercer? And did Alabama have to play a Mercer? No, no, no. Mercer's in
2: Mercer's in Atlanta, right?
0: Oh there's there's a
2: there's a Mercer in Atlanta. That's where I played flag football is Mercer. But I assume they didn't have a good football team to go I play Alabama.
0: Alabama <laughs> Alabama should never play Mercer. Come on. Come on, South Florida, <laughs> South Florida will come to town and get their butts Yeah, that's by.
2: true. You could ask Indiana. Come on. I mean, old, old Indiana. That's, or that's to come ridiculous. To Question that's
0: from funny. Denver Maximus. What is going on with Riley Mills? I know he backs up Jason Admiolo, who is having an outstanding season, but I thought Notre Dame would be rotating more. He seems built to stop the run.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I thought he would play more. Um, it's incredibly anecdotal, but he has been on the field for the two longest runs against Notre Dame this season. Um, but he did I not get, know if, He did not know get off like the he, block. He yeah. So he did
0: not get off the block on that, on Rob, uh, run. He did not.
1: So, I mean, this may be a situation where we see some wow plays, um, and there have been some wild plays, but I, I personally am not detailed enough watching film to, uh, evaluate your ability to shed block on a run play. Um, that's like, why do we like Isaiah Foskey? Because he sacks the quarterback. Do I know how well he stops to run? I have no clue. Um, so it's that, that may be part of it. It's, so there's a lot more nuance than you get a sack. I thought Riley Mills would have played more
2: because of his versatility in different fronts, but Chase and always was probably their best defensive lineman this year. I would say he is their best yep. defensive lineman this year. So that would be part of it. I mean, he is his backup. I just thought the backup technicalities of it could be worked around by the scheme and uh, maybe they still will be, but yeah, he's, it is probably anecdotal if he's on the if he's just on the field for those plays.
0: No, uh, Hamilton I, was too,
2: but uh, I know what I, you're saying.
0: I, I don't see every block and every block that a defensive lineman should get off of. I thought that particular play was one where he it, it wasn't like the guy was overwhelming him. I just thought it was a matter of a quick shed and step to your left. Mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of two things: one, Jason Adamio is playing really good football, yes. and two, what 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 Pete just said that. There have been a couple of big plays where Mills hasn't played well. And you know, the margin for error, the margin for error hasn't been really hasn't been very great in the first couple of games. So you have to make some determinations. Uh I just I I the way Jason Amiel is playing, I think is just really, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, agree. Combine these two questions, Tim.
2: All right, I gotta pull it up. I was trying to check out a stat here for you. No, oh, sorry. Yep, I got it. Don't worry. CMU Pence fan and Jim Booney underscore CRS from Penns fan should pro football focus rankings be banned forever based solely on the fact that they had Kane Madden as an all-american and Jim underscore Booney could you please provide an objective assessment of Cade Madden through two games sure seemed like he was getting knocked down a lot versus Toledo
0: um yeah I mean I've been adamant about saying that Cade Madden's a, a, a group of five all-american not a power five all-american I you know I don't I wish he was a Group of Five All American in the game against a Group of Five team they just played. Yeah, he. Yeah, <laughs> would have been uh, awesome. <laughs> okay, so, so there again, and yeah. you know, further evidence that Toledo's a pretty good football team, yeah. but no, no excuse. Um, yeah, I, I mean, let me let me answer the second one. I mean, I think from trying to watch him, um, you know, on one hand, I want to say when he squares somebody up, he's really strong at the point of attack, but then I see plays even against Toledo where he just doesn't have the leverage because he doesn't have the stature. And he got, he, he was overpowered a couple of times by uh, Deswan Johnson, who's the one that ripped the football out of uh, the yeah. hands of of Kyron Williams. Who's a, who's a good player. Uh, and, and then I think the other thing is that when, and this was something we talked about as soon as we did film review on him, when he, when he uh, was coming to Notre Dame or was deciding whether to come to Notre Dame, that he just laterally is not very good. And, and, at At his stature, he just doesn't have very good leverage when he has to try to take a guy on moving laterally. So he's not overpowering people physically straight on. And that's Toledo. And uh, there's just inconsistency. I'm not there are certainly plays where Kane Madden is doing a very, very good job. right. but but the run but the running play, the the positive running plays, the real quality running plays are so few and far between that a handful of good running plays and a good block by the right guard, that's, it's just not enough.
1: Yeah. I think he's. well, I think the pro football focus for, you know, is the reference to him being an all American, like in terms of through two games, if you ranked one through 11 um, in terms of Notre Dame starting offense, and that includes Avery Davis is like a starter, like imagine 11 personnel K Madden is 11. C um, Carell is 10. Uh, and I think Lug is eight and Carmody was nine. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's just been a struggle for that group.
0: You know, I thought well, while we're on this topic, Tosh Baker is one big dude to try to get around, but man, the, the foot, the foot movement is just so limited. Um, you know, he got, he got boat raced on one, one sack. Um,
2: can he, I, be, I want to ask Brian Kelly, this. can he be better simply because he is put in with the first unit this week, starting on Monday to start the game, they have to rely on him and he has to be a much more focused practice player than he has been. I mean, for Tommy Reese to say Tosh Baker, when he's doing the right things is really good means he's not doing the right things anywhere near the amount of time he should be. If he was beaten out by Blake Fisher and Carmody.
0: Yeah, he's not getting the best reps possible. So, so maybe not. he can get
2: the best reps possible now. You know, he, it's, yeah, he got better as the game went on, right? He did get better as the game yeah. went
1: on.
0: Well, I mean, I mean he was
1: not- he was good enough that he ran with the ones for, I mean, that was a spring practice position competition. Like he's, he's shown enough that people are, people around Notre Dame right. are like, yeah, there's something here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But don't you think, I mean, not on the left side. Not, not no, no, I would want, side,
2: I wouldn't though. think so, but that's where he is. I mean, yeah, and that's so. why
0: I thought maybe you could flip-flop them. I, you know, I I I've gotta believe they're going to give Joe all a long look this week. Now, how many reps that means with first team, I don't know. Um, but they really like him. And that's here I am now suggesting a, a personnel a, a change. A <laughs> personnel change after I after I shut it down. But I mean, that's a that's a kid that you know, you look at him a little bit differently because his dad was a 13, 14 year NFL player. And, you know, he grew up in a different environment that gener- that a lot of times has players like that, you know, ahead of their time and a little bit more ready.
2: And we heard only good things, including you two behind the scenes, uh, right before the season started, how, yeah. how good Joe looked. So that's, yeah. but, I, I, but I feel like they didn't couch it though, to tell you how good Joe looked, it was more along the lines of man, is he going to be good at the end of 2020? Yeah, no, I hear you. Yes, I hear you. 100%. <laughs> that was the vibe. I'm here. you. Go fight, win, go Irish. Does Marcus Freeman need to pull back some of the aggression to protect us against big plays that have killed the defense in the first two games?
0: Okay, four big plays. Okay, the eighty-nine yard run. Shane Simon and DJ Brown were on the field and their liabilities defensively.
2: DJ he Brown said, didn't play against. Uh, did
0: not, no, he did not yeah. play um, against Toledo. Sixty yarder, the pass, Florida State. That's a one-on-one with Griffith. Um, the sixty-six yard pass, the crisscross of the the pattern, mm-hmm. which is a really nice design by Toledo. Uh, K.J. Wallace exa-
2: played one play. <laughs> that was yeah, it.
0: <laughs> KJ Wallace and Clarence Lewis. I'm not exactly sure what the proper procedure right. is there. Well, he um, played one
2: play, so that might be an indication. Yeah. What the proper procedure
1: was there, right? Well,
0: yeah, I, yes, that's true. Yeah. I would, I would imagine. I'm not. Brian Kelly said that it shouldn't have happened. So that, so I, apparently, that's on KJ Wallace. And then, uh, you know, the 67-yard run, that's where uh, Cam Hart kind of run blitzed, and so he was already in the backfield, so you had one less guy in back end up coming help and helping make the tackle. Mills didn't get off his block, and the two inside linebackers, I mean, what you know, when, when Bertrand, and, like all linebackers, when Bertrand and, and White are covered up, then they're out of the play, and that's what happened there, so. Is that being overly aggressive? I, I I'm not sure. over aggression applies to those four plays.
2: Maybe the Griffith play is because if you want to line up your safety against, uh, I know he's a running back, but a fast guy at the number two position and to the boundary, you're playing one on one. You got to be okay. able to make the play, and he didn't make the play, right? He's, okay. Point yeah, taken there. That's about the only thing. It's one high safety, and they got him. But he probably thought Houston Griffith could cover the fast running
1: back.
0: I thought yeah, so
1: I, I, yeah, I I was fine. Like the Houston Griffith one of the four was the one that I was totally fine with. Um, you that know, would be like, an
2: example of aggression. You know, he was. Yeah, know, but it was after. like it was a
1: good matchup for Florida State. They got him in the right call, and it was a great ball. Um, yeah. You know, it was it was not a it not like of all the plays that was the lowest percentage of the four big plays. Like, that was the the one that had the most had to go right for Florida state for that. Okay. Um, you know, the runs are just like sure. Notre Dame making mistakes and like the one from, um, Bryant Kobach, like I'll, I'll roll with Kyle Hamilton making that tackle next time. Um, you know, that's not, that's not going to happen on the regular.
0: Yeah. I, I've got a, He had already hurt his left hand. and you know, I just didn't think that he attacked that real aggressively. And we didn't. We actually didn't ask about Kyle Hamilton's hand today because I was intent on asking about some other things. But I just wonder if that had an impact because he was late to the party on that play, and that's not like yeah. him at all. Right. So, um, you know, hopefully for them, that's not a that, that's not a significant injury. SKPMD10. Do you think Jack Cohn is too reliant on Michael Mayer to the detriment of the wide receiver production?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you are you uh are you too reliant on oxygen um to the detriment of I don't know something like just like Michael Mayer is a freaking freak of nature? Like when somebody in the goob told me he was the best player on the team by far in the preseason, and I was like, I don't know, man, like Kyle Hamilton's pretty good. It's like, all right, I shouldn't have said by far. That's how good Michael Mayer is. Like, there are people at the who think he's better than Kyle Hamilton. And what a great debate for Notre Dame to have. Because, uh, like, it is that is a win on both sides of that. It's, it's I, rare.
0: Yeah. It's rare to have whoo, that kind of debate.
1: Yeah. I agree. You've got
2: to, I mean, you're going to focus on Kyle Hamilton. And Kevin Austin's been targeted about 15 times. Hamilton, I'm sorry. Michael Mayer's 25. Kevin Austin's 15, 16. You do need to get Lindsay the ball. That doesn't mean they aren't trying, though, right? He's been targeted at least seven, seven, times. Times. seven, yeah, seven times. Seven times. Four
0: receptions.
2: He's been he's been open. Uh, he has been open when it hasn't been thrown to him too. They they gave a couple shots that that deep ball by Tyler Buckner, and we called that from the press box after the two runs. You said there's Lindsay down at the field. I was like Tim, this is coming right here, and the yep. ball yep. took him out of bounds. He made an amazing catch out of bounds. It's it the best catch of his life. Yeah,
0: you know, I think Lindsay. I mean, he's done a nice job the first first two games, and he, he needs to build upon it. He needs to be more than a A two catch receiver for him, but what he's done, he's done pretty well.
2: And, you know, we love him on Jets, but maybe, uh, maybe with the offensive line the way it is, you're, maybe they're looking at like, we can't run a jet sweep right now. We're not going to seal anything. There's plenty of, you know, there's plenty of intricacies to that. We don't, we don't know that Notre Dame is, it's not like they don't like Chris Tyree and Braden Lindsay on jet sweeps, right?
1: Yeah. And, and Lindsay has great fashion sense because he complimented my blazer while he's walking off the field. So I
0: beautiful, Beautiful. Um, Kevin Austin has been targeted 15 times in two games. Michael Mayer has been targeted 25 times in yeah. two games. Kyron Williams has been targeted nine times. Uh, I mentioned Lindsay seven Wilkins, just a couple. I like Wilkins as a, as an underneath receiver. I think that's a better role for him. And you know, Deion Colsey. I mean, I it, you see the – I don't know if it had anything to do with Deion Colsey being in the game, but he got a big cushion. He did an option route to the sideline, and, and you know, it was a seven-yard completion. So, I mean, point. I, you know, I, you would like a greater balance, of a greater distri- distribution of the football, but Michael Mayer is just too damn easy of a target. Yeah,
2: and if Brayden Lindsay has seven targets with two long touchdowns that were possible, we wouldn't right. ask the question. They just – they didn't get them. Right. It's- they will hit that
1: eventually. He needs to That's... complete
2: more passes to other people besides Michael Mayer. <laughs> How's that? that? That would be great. Just just yeah. hit more to everyone you throw. Irish John M. Is Jack Cohen holding the ball too long at times?
0: Well, you know, I think again looking at film of him when he was at Wisconsin, I thought one of his assets was it you know, because we we're it was in the wake of Ian Book being the quarterback, and you thought, wow, this guy really hangs in there. He'll take a hit to get rid of the the, the football. I you know does he? Man, it's just a—it's a confluence of things happening with it, with the with the pass rush. But I like the fact that he hangs in there. Um, I think in the long haul, that's going to benefit them more than it will hurt them. But the offensive line has to do a better job.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think he hangs in the pocket for the appropriate amount of time. Um, where's, and, he gonna you know, go, that,
0: where's he going to go? Where's
1: he going to go? Yeah. Anyway, the the sacks that he's taken—it's been a US. BK about this today it's been a mix of protection breakdowns but i mean i think there's also been a couple where jack Cohn needed to identify a pressure and he, and he didn't yeah um, and the, but that he, quarter corner
2: blitz for sure was Yeah, yeah but that is a,
1: that's not a that's not a question of holding the ball too long um you know that's that's a now, that's matter also, of getting your protection
0: schemes better that's a great defensive play timed well good call i think vince i by the way i think vince caris their defensive coordinator is not going to be at Toledo for long now he's a mount union guy as is as is the head coach, but uh, I, what he's done there defensively is is startling from one year to the next. I don't think he's going to be there very long. Coach, coach CFT over here. Here's one of my over unders for the day. Over under eight and a half total wins. Over. <laughs> Did they? Are are they one and one or are they two? And <laughs> I, know, I know. Let's oh, use okay. some
2: math here. Yeah, I'll say over.
1: I, I will say over with a flicker of hesitation.
0: I mean, we'd, we'd have to be crazy not to have some hesitation here, but. Sure,
2: because um, you yeah. can lose the next game and then all of a sudden it's harder to get there. But yeah, I, I, still, I still say right. over.
0: Right. No, I definitely, I firmly stand by over. 2.5 different starting lineups on the offensive line. So we're about to get our second.
2: We're about to be at a
1: third. Oh, a third? third. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So over, over. I'm getting I'm yeah. over. Unless,
0: right, so Car- unless Carmody, who's probably listed as questionable he's listed right as a starter, now. starter, right? but
1: he's not
2: going to. Um, I would say, well, definitely over now because we know that for a fact, but let's say starting today, will there be two more starting lineups other than Carmody or Baker taking over for each other? Does that uh, makes I mean,
0: sense? Yeah, I'd say yes because yeah. somebody's going to get banged up probably. Yeah, yeah I would say it, over so. two. So, yeah. 12.5 number of defensive plays that yield a gain of 50-plus yards.
2: Oof. Over. Over. I bet they gave up. I look at here's <laughs> here's the thing. The 60 yard Clark, I'm not this is not disparaging Clark Lee at all, because quite clearly it was amazing what he did. But I well off the top of my head, when you guys mentioned three or four sixty yard plays, I thought of two fifty-seven yard plays. Mm-hmm. Like yeah Najee Harris and Cornell Powell both put fifty-seven yarders on him. What what was the uh touchdown uh for North Carolina to start the game on Tree bracy Fifty-one?
1: Like there's yeah, three more gave, for Clark Lee. So I'd they, say over fifty. Gave up. They gave up seven 50-yard plays last year, which ranked 99th uh, nationally. So, I mean, they did give up some big plays. Yeah, But getting to 12, that what? would have ranked um, 126th uh, so, between Duke and LSU. So 10 more games, and 8.5. Yeah, in a shortened season, though. So,
0: so 10 more games, there would have to be nine more plays of 50. I'm going to – come on, man. Over. I'm going to say under. Come on.
2: Over at 50. Not over at getting... 60. Over at 50. <sighs> yeah, I, can, I, can I can identify some guys you can get for three or four of these without – I'm going to say Over. Right.
0: All right, well, I'm the I'm the dissenting voice yeah. here. I'll say under, and I know O'Malley will keep track moving forward.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna, I mean, looking over at you when, they're, when David Bell's <laughs> running down the field on Saturday.
0: <laughs> yeah, there is him in there. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be here uh, in five days.
2: <laughs> Mac 341, in two games, who has impressed you most and who has been most disappointing? Uh, Relative to your expectations, remember that.
0: Okay, well, I I, I mean, I, again, not, not having seen Isaiah Foskey, do much in the spring and in, in August so I would have to say him I'm not surprised by Kevin Austin but it it's good to see not surprised by Mayor Jason Amiola I just think is playing great football uh J.D. Bertrand I think is playing really really good football Hart Hart and I really like the way Hart played especially this past week Heine I think Heines Heine, John Doerr is playing like a like a That's stud a yeah. That's
1: a good one. Yeah. Mine were Foskey and Dorr. I had to do two. Those would yeah. be the two guys that I think probably exceeded my expectations going into the season the most through two games.
2: Mine is Foskey for sure. Door's a great call. I wouldn't have thought about that. Foskey has seven and a half stuffs or sacks already in the two games. Um We all thought J.D. Bertrand to be good. I know he was a yeah. little better, but he was... The Florida state game, I would have predicted for Bertrand. Uh, I think he was a little better than I would have guessed this last game. He was quite a player this last game. You know, I
0: think, I, Cam you know, he, a
2: great call Tim. I did not think Cam Hart would be solid. And he is,
0: he was, I thought he was yeah. really good against Toledo, uh, yeah. you know, in the passing game and, and run support and technique and run support and, and stuff like that. You know, um, Foskey, we, I mean, we probably should have been, should have been listening to some people a little bit there, but, we didn't see it, so yeah, you know. I know,
2: I know. I thought Mason Adam Ewell would be really good. I didn't know he'd be the best defensive lineman today.
0: Yeah, he's, he's playing he's, great ball. Not impressed, Madden uh, and Lug Madden and lug.
2: Uh, yeah, with the Madden and Lug for sure is the starting point.
0: And I still I still think Josh Lug can have a good year. There's I mean, I he has the ingredients to have a good year. I'm not sure Madden does.
2: Greeting so, on a curve, Drew White. Yeah. Um, <laughs> On a curve, you got to grade on a curve for Drew White. He's a three-year top ten player at Notre Dame. Two-year top ten player at Notre Dame. I don't
0: know I would. I don't know. I if would, I would what, go I mean, there. What, yeah, I would. I just don't I'm think he has there.
2: been. Is it? I think. I think he would have been like if he's like Bertrand. Do you think their run D would be better?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, I don't. I well, think he's the Mike is made for the Will yeah. linebacker to do what he's doing. And it's made for the Mike linebacker to do what Drew White's doing.
2: Yeah, I, I all right. I, I guess I'm being too harsh on him, but I'd like to see <laughs> Drew White make more impactful plays against the run than he has made.
0: Fair enough. But I okay. think, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I think maybe the roles of the two inside linebackers are different than they were with Clark Lee. They were. Sure, sure. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even. I guess
2: I put it this way, Tim. You and I both had Drew White in our top seven for a preseason. Of the entire team, I don't feel like I could put Drew White well, in the top so ten what, right but,
0: now. But what are you basing it upon? <clears throat> Tackle totals?
2: No, yeah, I just impact of the game. Like when I watch Drew, when I come away and I see stuffs and I see the guy that I write down on that made the key plays on drive, I don't have Drew White written down anywhere near as much as I used to.
0: Okay, that's fair.
2: That's the only way to look at. It. I mean, that's and I don't. I mean, maybe he doesn't you know he doesn't have quite as many snaps, but also we're grading on curves. I have Drew White as a very highly rated player. Kind of like with Brian Kelly, when Pete asked who uh, who's impressed about the freshmen or the young players, and he said Ryan Barnes and Caleb Offord, who we had to let everybody know, that meant that they were not on the varsity when, when I, August started, thanks. and then they became varsity
1: players.
0: When I When I look at – you know, I think White and Bertrand are both, I, you know, I, I, I tend to use the word instinctual, but I also think that they go into a game knowing the opponent like the back of their hand.
2: Yeah, I think and Drew that, White will have a really good year. I just think if Drew White had already had a really good year, there'd be fewer points scored. That's the best way for me to say it.
0: CB Wonder 81, is Jordan Batello silently serving a four-game suspension? I didn't know that Brian Kelly would – uh, I didn't know that the, I hadn't seen the depth chart. Apparently, Batella's on the depth chart. No, it's a two-game suspension. Uh, <laughs> also, so super Flemister's, secret, though. Super yeah. secret, yeah. <laughs> Flemister's uh, suspension appears to be more.
2: Well, he's not uh, He's not available this week, so right. it's no longer COVID-related.
0: And Kali is COVID-related. Kali I'm, is COVID-related. Yeah, Kali yeah. is uh, COVID-related. So, uh, they need well, – you know, Jordan Batello has – Proven absolutely nothing on the defensive side of the ball on the collegiate level, but boy, do they need him! I was I mean, gonna they just say, need a they need they an need athlete Flemister like that. too. Yeah, Flemister, maybe.
2: Flemister runs through contact better than anybody on the team, and all you get now is contact if you're a running back.
0: That's a good point. It is
2: welcome to contact when you get the ball. It is time to find contact. 3.8 yards of carry last year after contact, higher than Kyron Williams. I know no, it's a smaller sample size, but yeah, Kay no. K- K- Beasley. O'Malley said the over-under for games coming down in the last quarter was six with two already. How many do you think there will be? O'Malley? Uh, yeah. O- 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 over. <laughs> um, I would have guessed one was possible by this point, including this coming week. So that's why I said six. I was thinking Florida State conceivably could, but wouldn't. And then there would be six the rest of the way. So –
0: so over. four they're, they're, to, to, to get a push, it would be uh, four over the last 10 games.
2: All right. So I think here's, what's going to happen. And then <laughs> through Halloween, I think we will have Notre Dame play in a close game, Purdue, close game, Wisconsin, close game, Virginia tech, close game, USC, close game, North Carolina, close game, Cincinnati. So one of those will be wrong and you're already way over.
0: They may lose to Cincinnati.
1: It could be close though.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, would, I if,
1: I would say that seven of the 10 games will be one score games. I I did want to clarify something that I said on a previous podcast about the one thing I was most confident in this team is like the product would be really entertaining. That Saturday was not what I meant. That was, that was not the entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're getting a lot of credit for that one right now, Pete. (laughs) I just want to, I just want to backtrack. I, you know, some, Full disclosure, I was incorrect on the type of entertainment. You I was
0: going to say, you meant a different type of entertainment. Yeah, like, you a, know,
1: wow, well, it's high-scoring offense, attacking defense. Maybe they'll give up a couple big plays, but uh, don't need a game-winning drive in the last two minutes.
0: Question from Stu Joe11. How surprised were you by the small crowd size on Saturday? What do you think contributed to such poor attendance?
2: I think we were all shocked. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have been, though, right? Yeah.
0: I, I, mean, I, 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 I was surprised. Yeah i mean there's a couple things in play i mean the 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 process of getting in the games without the 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 paper ticket slowed things down i i come to learn that they have have they always done metal detectors they That's now been for
1: a few years, few years. Yeah, okay they have the clear, well the clear
2: bag policies that have been there for okay, a long okay but so.
0: that apparently was a problem as well because
2: but they didn't, people don't not come because of that do they
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I I was thinking in terms of, yeah, I was thinking in terms of late arrivals because I, you know, I tweeted something out before the game about late arrivals. And I think it was Matt Freeman that said, uh, you know, well, it could be difficulty getting into the game, but as I was looking (laughs) at the various entries uh, in the upper deck, you know, people should be pouring in during that time. And they, and they weren't.
2: Unless they all got lost after they got in the game. It was one of the things because, uh, the attendance was so low. I yeah, mean,
0: you know Brian Kelly was asked about yeah so. crowd size today, and he says he's got enough things to worry about. I, it, you know, it was a loud, it was a loud crowd. I mean, I thought this, I, I thought, thought so too. Student, I thought the state yeah. body was really really great i mean outside of a clemson number one which they should be out of their minds i i thought they were really really good
2: that game is usually a morgue at notre dame no matter how close it is right you're playing a, a bad a perceived bad team and your offense can't move the ball because of the your blocking's bad like, that's usually a recipe for disaster i thought they were really into
0: it yeah and i all the uh, toledo's a penalty machine they've got 23 in two games but the and that, and that doesn't even count the ones that are uh What's the word I'm looking for? Decline. Declines, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I think maybe the crowd had something to do with a lot of Toledo's mistakes in the fourth quarter. So
1: good job, crowd. They showed up. Yeah. I mean, it was um, six, the announced attendance was 62,000, which again, like accounts for the late arrivals. They count in the 62,000. So, you know, 15,000 empty seats about. But I thought it was a sellout atmosphere. Um, Yeah. You know, when we were down on the field at the end of the game. So I think that was. That was great. Um, but, you know, COVID mixed with $90 seats in the lower bowl for Toledo, like there's there's probably too many factors for Notre Dame to look at and be like, aha, this is the one thing we need to change. There's just too, too many variables at
0: it, play. It should not be a factor this weekend with Purdue, the longtime rivalry with Purdue. Notre Dame hasn't played them in seven years. Uh,
1: how's but, the scalping, scalping work for, for Purdue Purdue be a good Might be a good Purdue crowd this weekend, though yeah um you know i think it will be i think it'll be a lively atmosphere but like yeah maybe a little back and forth involved how does scalping work with this i think it makes it very difficult next to impossible like i I was texting with a friend who has season tickets he's like can i just forward the ticket to somebody else and he's like and i'm like no um you sort of like kick it back to their name to kick it back out so it's that's
2: tough for Purdue to. This how's Purdue getting in is kind of my point there. Maybe I'm missing how they would.
1: Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, when make you it, eventually those tickets go out, like Notre Dame is not going to not sell a ticket to somebody from Indianapolis. <laughs> valid point. Valid point. All
0: right, we're going to wrap up with a question from Corey Radio, and it is: If Notre Dame wins every regular season game this year by three points, will they make the playoffs?
2: I don't know, but Pete will be a genius. <laughs> At the excitement level of the games. Yes, they'll make the playoffs uh, they 12 1
0: whatever game but Of course they will. Can you win 12 one-score one? Score, one <laughs> that score
1: would be game? fun. It would be great. Yeah. I
0: right, really are
1: artificially inflating his one score record.
0: I mean, personally, from I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but <laughs> they can win 10 one I, score I, games. No, I love Honestly, I, like, I I think this is re- an exciting time to, to be a journalist covering them because. There's so there are a lot of issues to deal with and let's see if this coaching staff and and these players can, can pull their way out of it. I, you know, I think, I think it's fun to analyze mistakes that become strengths. I don't know how many of those mistakes can become strengths, but they have an opportunity to do it and they have enough, look, they have enough good football players to do it. And it doesn't happen by, rotating new offensive lineman in unless it's Rocco <laughs> spin
2: <laughs> to to paraphrase Tim Priester um, fans he's rooting for the other team to score when they have the ball to make the
1: games close <laughs> <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs>
0: these guys have been in the press box with me they know better than that
1: yeah, yeah. I mean it's just sort of like yeah on the ticket like looking over the seat map there's, there's a decent amount of tickets still available they're all sort of in the um south end zone area but they're expensive they're like 125 130 35 dollar tickets yeah it's
2: tough when you're
1: don't like the product there
2: that's a lot you you take away some people that would normally come because of the covid protocols that were not put in place you take away some people that would come because of television is so
1: easy to watch a game i Um, uh, i would throw in like i think you take away people like they stopped coming to games last year and found other things to do. Like new habits were created last
2: fall. Yeah, I agree. Um, the sports bar is an easy thing to go do with your friends. There's there's probably some
0: I think a I lot. Of, I I yeah, I think it's a combination of things and COVID is still involved with it. And uh, but I think it is that that you know what? Hey, we can who was saying to me? Somebody to me was saying, you know, I can stay at home, I can watch the game, I've got the bathroom there, I can get a beer real quickly and I don't have to spend all that money to do it. I, you know, I, I don't, but, I mean, money hasn't been the an money is part of it,
2: though. Well, money, it is,
0: but money hasn't been an issue in the past. Why is I think it an it issue has.
2: now? I think it has. Since 2018 or so, I feel like there's always, we've been taking pictures of that crowd being like, oh my gosh, they're not going to sell out. They're not going to sell out, you know? And I, I feel like it probably is. Um, it's a strange, it is a strange dynamic. I know a lot of people that aren't coming in for a game. Is well, that, it's an interesting yeah. thing. I mean, that's never yeah. happened before.
0: Well, including Digger Phelps because he's got a flip phone and he can't use his phone to get into. <laughs>
2: wow. I'm you, you met,
1: I believe you, that's just an interesting uh, segue. <laughs> yeah, I just no, thought I, of it. I, think that, I, I just think that there was, you're gonna hit this threshold where the consumer votes that this is too expensive. And I think that we've just sort of hit that point a little bit. Um, You know, I I don't know, I don't know how or if Notre Dame would adjust down from that. It's like how, how valuable is a sellout crowd? I don't know. I mean, it was super loud last week with 62,000. So maybe, maybe that's all you need to have a home field advantage.
0: They lost a lot of money last year. So they're trying to make it up as as well or as quickly as they can. And, uh, you know, I think all those points are valid and um, it'll be interesting to see what we see this weekend. Totally agree. A ton of Purdue fans will be on hand. They would be, it would be anyway. They would you know, be if anyway. They had Again, been, if they and yes. playing them anyway. Every, yep. Yeah. Yep. They've been playing them every year. Hey, we appreciate you joining us for Irish Illustrated Insider. We'll be back on Thursday to brief preview Norton versus Purdue.
2: Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish
1: Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.